Brush is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles, the Brush redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist, a fresh whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners get 15% with their total purchase with code POD15. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. Welcome to another episode of the so-called Oreos podcast, the podcast where we discuss all the awkwardness, hardship, and hilarity that comes along with society. Wow. (laughs) Y'all know what I mean. Y'all have listened to this podcast by now. Y'all know I mean society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. I'm Janae. Here with. (laughs) (laughs) And Amari. I was waiting for you to pass me pass me the ball, but you kind of just like you know chucked it. <laughs> I chucked I it. I said here with. Oh, you did. Yeah, no. you I did didn't. not. No. I just okay. said Janae. Oh, yeah. you said I'm Janae. It's okay. She, you you once have been to that wine. <laughs> I I've had two sips of wine, guys, and I am incoherent. I'm also giddy because I got um my new couch. Yesterday and today, I um, really, uh, what's the thing when break her in? I broke her in um, by watching K-pop videos for the past 30 minutes. So I'm just really getting, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. There's this K-pop video where the guys are like really all over each other. It's like a very salacious video. I'll have to send you guys. Well, you said break in your couch and the first thing I thought of was sex. Obviously me too. Girl, my life is dry. I I know, but still, you you keep breaking in. What else does that mean? I guess it means I'm sitting on it, but. (laughs) Break her in by sitting and squealing This on whole her. thing sounds sexual, too. And squealing about on her. Oh, my God. I cannot. Your minds are in the gutter. Okay. Our you minds are right where they need to be. It's hot girl summer. You already know what it is. It is. It, it, it's actually going to be. It's hot girl vaccinated summer. Hey, Even better. Y'all vaccinated, gang It's gang. mild girl summer. Let me stop playing myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, me and Kia did hang out this past weekend. Um, it was really fun. We had a fantastic time. Um, we took some photos for you guys, which we will be showing to you guys soon because we are doing a bit of a rebrand right now. Um, so so-called Oreos is going to be changing up some things from our artwork to our name, um, to the pictures that we use to represent us. We really just want to do more work for you guys and, and be a little bit more marketable for the rest of the world. Um, so we're going to be out for a little while up until August. Um, but we'll still be popping on social media and you guys will still be able to, I don't know, scroll back and look at our old stuff. Um, yeah. Should I give y'all my phone number so you OG can call me stuff. in case you miss me? Wait, what am I? I said the OG stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the OG we'll be, stuff. We'll be upping the OG stuff with like a little bit of a convo. 
before. So it'll still be like a little hint with some nostalgic episodes, you know, throughout the summer while we get some things in order for Mm -hmm. a strong comeback in August. And we have full confidence in you guys. It's only two months, right? Only three months. 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 Either way, it'll be like we never left. (laughs) It'll be like we never left. It's just because we're evolving as, you know, people our audience is evolving. We started so-called Oreos two years ago, and we think this rebrand will kind of really encompass where we are in our lives right now. And I think everyone will like it. I hope. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'm excited. I'm excited for the rebrand. I'm excited for the expansion of this podcast. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna go ham uh, to get so-called Oreos where it needs to be. So I'm excited. Amen. Amen. Um, we also have discord. There's not enough people in discord. Um, and we also have a clubhouse too. We're going to be doing more with that come soon after the rebrand. We also have merch, which will be changing. So if you haven't gotten your choose black woman shirt or talking white isn't a thing shirt or tote, go do that. You got about three months left. Before we switch it up Please, on you. Buy it all up, actually. Buy, yeah, it, all buy up. it all up. Do all the things with it. Um, other than that, I mean, ladies, is, is anything new with you? What, what were we it? discussing? We were discussing. Kia made a fire tweet oh. and it started a whole conversation on the interwebs because it's important. Kia, tell them about your tweet. Well, tell them about the tweet. Okay, so, you know, I was, you know, catching up on my news because. A bitch is delayed, but I was catching up on some news. And then I saw that um, the Proud family is doing a reboot with two gay dads, which I was like, litty titty. But then I saw one was white and I was like, hold up. This is a whole ass black show. How y'all about to do us like that? And then Amari sent me some other news about Kenya Barris and Eva Longoria doing a show called Brownish, which why? So I said, have you been personally victimized by Kenya Barris? You might be entitled to some competition. Oh my god, I fucked it up. Compensation. <laughs> Pretend like that was a commercial <laughs> voice, okay? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kenya Barris is a terrorist. That's, that's what I have to say. The comments on Instagram, I think I I know there were some times in the past where we weren't sure about our audience because they had said some things that made us think they were a little confused about basic things like racism. Um, but y'all, <laughs> y'all have uh, I feel like, what's it called when you've um, not like ascended, graduated, like you made up for it. Oh, you made up for it. Yeah, like I feel <laughs> like you made up for it in this post with your comments. Someone said, "Please tell this man that we are t- tired of him and his tired story of what success is. We get it. You're a millionaire. Please stop writing a thousand characters based on yourself and your shallow thinking." Ooh. Someone said, but for why? Someone else said, we the people are tired. Another person said, me remembering what she, Eva Longoria, said about the elections, shudders. Riding black folks' coattails again, I see. Uh, Someone said, maybe people will notice his colorism when it's not just black femmes talking about it. I don't know, trying to find an upside to this unasked for show. Sir, they just canceled mixed dish and black as fuck. Already a wash. Try again. Wait, Ugh. I didn't know Black AF got canceled. No, they just said it was, it was just, um, I don't know if it got canceled, but they just said it was already a wash, so. Oh, well, I mean, when you cast fucking Rashida Jones as a mom in Black AF, I just feel like. 
Ooh, yeah. And I like I like this one. Oh, yeah. Also, they're doing like, weren't they doing like grandpa-ish or old-ish at one point? Oh, yeah, they so. were. They were doing that. Oh, like get a new name. Someone said the way he writes. Okay, well, this whole, there's a whole thread, I think. Someone said, what's wrong with it? We've got blackish, grownish. There's fresh off the boat rep- repping East Asian people. I'd love to see more POC shows. Why don't we like this? Yes, we would like to see more POC shows. Also, fr- fresh off the boat is not on TV anymore. So we don't even have East Asian representation. Um, and his characters are literally the same thing in each show. And this person I said puts it very perfectly. The way he writes his characters has become less and less nuanced and more and more elitist, all while giving us the same tired story. Yes, mom, dad, two kids, grandparents, we get it. He hasn't actually added anything to the black dialogue most times. Blackish was pretty good and grownish had its moments, but many times it felt like a white person wrote it or they had some Uncle Tom in their meetings. Either way, corny, played out, pompous, and unimaginative. Coonish, there, I fixed it. Coonish? Oh, that was great. Amen. Amen. That that person really put the cherry on top. Like these shows are written for white people mm-hmm. so they can look in on the black experience. Yeah. You, it's to make white people comfortable with its blackness. Exactly. If you want to look at a show that talks about the black experience and does it well, pull up Insecure. Yeah. There you also, go. Also go back to the archives, pull up Living Single, A pull Different up, World. Living, pull up. It's sad that we have to go back to the archives, which is a little annoying, but I feel like at this point, um, the Proud Family thing really pissed me off because I was like, this is an opportunity to really show like two black dads in a gay couple that like the black community has an issue with homophobia. They do. That's not up for debate. And especially um, because <laughs> when the black community, I find that when the black community talks about gay couples, it's always like, oh, they're full of drama. There's all this mm-hmm. trouble. They're dysfunctional, blah, blah, blah. Like this was a fantastic example to show a different like a, a fantastic moment to show a different example of black love. Yeah. And, and they really dropped the ball. They and I'm so disappointed. Ball. Cause I'm like, Oh, dope. Like, I didn't even think honestly, like I just thought reboot and I thought the same thing, but I'm like, Oh yeah, it totally makes sense for like two gay dads, but then to have it like, just like inserting this white person into this black show. A historically like, black show. It's totally unnecessary. And, and it's, it's the main like, family. It's not it's like the it's the main like family. Exactly. A side family. It would be one thing if this was something new. If this was a completely new show, I'd be like, oh, cute. No, it's a reboot. It's a the whole thing about the proud family was it being a black family who was proud of being black. Hello. I just don't get the the constant obsession with this interracialness. And like, I know that sounds bad when I just said it, but it's like. I've been in interracial relationships. I'm not saying that's not a thing, but in terms of representation, it's not giving the serve that these Hollywood people think it's giving. Like, Hollywood we're kind of over it. They misconstrue, like, progress as, like, they like they make, like, interracial relationships the symbol of progression. And yes. it's not. Like, it is a, it's one way of progress, but just because you put a white woman with a black man or in this case, a white man with a black man does not mean equality. Like that's not also like, why must we center white people all the time in our stories? In the Proud Family, I'm also curious to see how they make up for things that they did really poorly in the first uh, series, because we can't like we can't ignore. We talked about this in our colorism episode, the gross sisters, 
were dark because they said they were poor and they couldn't afford lotion and they were ashy and that's why they made them blue which is just anti-black as fuck and also i've noticed this weird thing and it's not just it's just with shows in general the mom is either always light-skinned or there is no black mother. She is dead. She, she's been replaced by a white mom. There's like no black woman representation at all. And I just think we need to rethink what we are doing in these entertainment scenarios because you're just you're just erase, erasing um, black women, especially dark skinned black women, from the conversation. At it's all so times. interesting that you say that because I'm I'm like thinking through shows in my head, even. Um, Moesha, her mother was dead. I mean, she did have a darker skin stepmom that came in, but the show started off making a point that her mom was dead. You have, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. There are a lot, but I'm trying to think. Okay, well, moving past that still. It's annoying because it's like, why are we feeling, I feel like we're living in like, the 1980s when in, even in the 80s there was better representation I don't know I just feel like it's like why is it so hard for you guys to like not do to just give us two black black people I just I'm confused you know what it's because these people are lazy and what they do is instead of giving us the proper representation in scripted shows they rely on reality tv to get black people representation yeah. because it's cheaper Facts. it's easier and it pays off like if you want to look for dark-skinned black women, go to Real Housewives of Atlanta. And how are they represented? Not in a good light. So you're right. And that Joc- Jocelyn show or Love and Hip Hop, that's that's where we find it. We had, you know, or like back in the day when we had, uh, you know, N- New York Pollard um, from, <laughs> from Flavor of Love. Legend, though. She was an absolute legend. Oh, I-, I watched 100%. a few episodes. I watched a few episodes not too long ago. And from day one, this girl was a legend. Wow. Yeah, whoever casted her should have done a good brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. They yeah. deserve a fat ass check because she was uh early 2000s gold. Yeah. Wow. No one really is touching her, to be honest. But what was she known for being? That's true. Messy as fuck. Like, crazy I watched all of them, but then I'm then I'm like thinking about what were the messages that I was absorbing from yeah. this show and also she didn't find love at her and like was it i love new york she never found love yeah and you even think about the big pivotal moment not the pivotal moment but the big moment in flavor love the first season when she got in that fight with pumpkin pumpkin spat on her yet what do we remember literally the the shot of new york like going after her like a lioness and yanking her and we don't think about the fact that Pumpkin literally hawked a loogie on that. A nasty, a nasty. Disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. And from watching that show. Do you guys watch X on the Beach? No. Okay, so it just reminded me of that because, so basically in that show, it's like reality stars come together and like their exes come up on the beach and it's like dating or whatever. But there's one mixed guy named... Um, Corey from like the challenge things and he starts dating this white girl named taylor and like she's really problematic she was on are you the one and like allegedly said the n-word and was just like a terrible person and clearly like you know some racist tendencies and Corey like breaks up with this girl named alicia who's a black woman and like it's kind of drama between them and the show and at one point like 
Taylor spits on Alicia and she goes ape shit, like runs up the stairs about to beat this girl's ass. And this black man is like defending the white girl. And um, when you hear her talk about it, like it's just, it was just disappointing because Alicia's like, yeah, you have this white woman who's like, terrorizing black women and this black man is just like next like next to her side and it just reminded me of that because i'm like damn that's the same shit going on like white people just terrorizing us and we have to like go ape shit on uh, reality tv and then you get villainized and also mind you she got spat on flavor of love pick the light-skinned black girl over her exactly right. well should we move forward into this week in black history yes okay On a, you know, I don't even know if this is a lighter note, so bear with me, but <laughs> in a different note this week in Black History, on June 1st, 1835, the Fifth National Negro Convention met in Philadelphia and urged Blacks to abandon the use of terms African and colored when referring to Negro institutions, organized organizations, and to themselves. Um, so I was like, that's pretty interesting. Let me look this up a little more. So I saw that um, the denial of Africa continued until Liberia's, uh, Liberia became an independent republic in 1847. And this caused many African-Americans to re-examine their position on Africa. Um, and then after that, they started this like resurgence of African pride and support for the new republic. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting with the words Negro, African, and colored. And on June 4th, 1972, four people were killed in a courthouse shootout in California. Police charged activist Angela Davis by saying that she had provided the weapons used by the convicts and issued a national um, warrant for her arrest. Uh, Angela Davis went into hiding to avoid arrest, and later she was acquitted of all charges on June 4th, 1972. And honestly, I never knew that, but there you go, This Week in Black History. Yes, and for Black professionals we love, I'm highlighting ethnographer and the Sterling Professor of Sociology of African American Studies at Yale University, Dr. Elijah Anderson. He will be releasing a new book this fall called Black and White Space. Hmm, sounds a little familiar. Um, examines how white people typically avoid black space, but black people are required to navigate the white space as a condition, as a condition of their existence. And he also examines the enduring impact that has on us. So I first came across Dr. Anderson's work this summer between my sophomore and junior year when I was working for a local radio station and interviewed him for my first on air piece. Um, and since then I've reread his article, the white space so many times and his novel, the code of the street, decency, violence, and the moral life of the inner city really helped me understand a world that I was never really privy to. So I suggest everyone look up his, uh, his work. It's extensive, but super interesting and important and yeah, pick it up immediately. Do it to it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, and I guess we'll roll right into today's discussion, which is not really a discussion so much as we're basically just clearing out our inbox and talking to you guys. It's my segment, The Shits, but on crack cooking. 
That was so extra and unnecessary. <laughs> no, but I love it. I have a glass of wine. I'm ready to get into Amari was sucking down some beer. I thought you were drinking soda this entire time. And I thought it was really out of character for you to just be like drinking orange soda. No, I mean, like actually, orange soda. orange soda is one of my favorite sodas. Orange, grape, and pineapple. I have a really oh, bad... pineapple is number one, though. Pineapple I have a bad flavor. soda thing. You I can't do? keep it. I can't keep it in the house because I love me some soda. My, know, mom's, my mom said she used to give it to me as a baby, so I blame her. Damn. Damn. <laughs> that was basically crack for children. Your dentist mother used to give Maybe you I shouldn't have said that on air. <laughs> but your dentist mother used to give you soda as a child? She said, like, I think so great. maybe I'm dramatic or I'm, I'm rethinking this incorrectly. But from what I was told, I feel like I was younger and she gave me like a sip of her orange soda. And like from then on, like orange soda has like that's been my thing it's literally crack yeah i mean for good reason orange soda is pineapple is the best right but pineapple is a little fancy so if you're just gonna go basic orange soda is where it's at i just associate it with like summer cookouts we're on the backyard having burgers i just thought about that it just made me happy thinking about that Mm -hmm. uh side note i'm so excited because um i'm gonna be going back to syracuse at the end of the month and it is my niece's second birthday oh wow already i haven't even met her how is she already too she's oh my god she she like knows who i am and it kills me every time like i'll facetime my brother or melissa and she'll be like auntie nene and i'm like Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to be having like a little cookout situation. And I'm just excited because a lot of my family's going to be there. And I feel like it's just going to feel like a normal summer situation because we're all vaccinated. And I'm just excited to eat food and hang out and have a good time. But anyway, Kia, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, I hope my family does something because that sounds fun and I'm a little jealous. <laughs> Aw, well, you should plan something as long as y'all all vaccinated. I'm and- sick of planning. I'm not going to lie. I'm <laughs> sick of planning everything. And you know, I, I just ask- told my friend, like, I'm not planning shit. I get you. And you know, our ass face of a country doesn't care anyway. So as long as we're all vaccinated at this point, who cares? Yeah, I think you deserve to, you should have someone else plan something for you, but I shouldn't talk because I feel like I'm the friend that will just show up. Like, tell me what we're doing and I'll just show up. But you know what, Amara, you will show up on time with bells and whistles. You will show up one minute before, one to two, three to five minutes before the plans are supposed to occur with bells and whistles and you'll bring a present. So that's true. I try. Make up for it. I'm just like, (laughs) I planned this thing for my friends. Um. Okay, because my one guy friend, he just sucks at planning anything. And if he if I don't do it, it's just not going to get done. So I'm like, okay, I'll plan this like little reunion, which we haven't all seen each other. Like, I feel like a year or two. So I was like, I'll plan it. And then I just got like, it wasn't even that bad. I think I just got exhausted. And then I'm just like, oh, if I want to do something, I actually have to plan it. Because like, I don't live close to anyone anymore. And also, I feel like it's COVID. So, like, it's just not like our everyday lives, you know, where we can just like plan something after. So, I'm like, fuck, I actually really have to plan shit if I want to do it this summer. But then I'm just like, I don't feel like it. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's a conundrum because I want to do stuff, but I, I'm just tired. That's all. I get you, girl. Social stuff is tough nowadays. Yeah. It's tough. Um, but anyway, let's roll into our first question. Um, of how do you hold yourself accountable? 
Um, In what way? It just said, how do you hold yourself accountable? And honestly, the first thing that I thought about when reading this is work. Um, I had a situation recently where um, one of my coworkers, I messed up on something and one of my coworkers messed up on something. We both messed up on something, right? But in my position at work, because I'm the assistant, And, you know, the assistant's job is basically to catch shit and get blamed for everything. If they don't catch everyone else's bullshit, I got basically like reamed out because I didn't catch his mistake. And I was pissed. I was so pissed that luckily that day was therapy and I went off talking to my therapist about it. Um, And I kind of had this moment where I was like, I I do need to kind of take accountability in this moment because although it was not completely my fault, it was still my fault. Um, so I say to you advice wise in this situation where you're trying to figure out how to hold yourself accountable, I guess, sit back and look at the situation and really focus on you and not other people focus on what you did in that moment. And don't be like, Oh, well they did X, Y, and Z. They did X, Y, and Z focus on your actions and person, girl, boy, them. I have a really, really hard time with that too. So I think you like hit the the nail on the head when you said step back and look, because I feel like so many times, like there's times where I definitely should take accountable, like accountability. And I just, cause you know, like you're in the heat in the moment and you're just like, it's my way. And then like a day or two later, I'll be like, oh fuck, <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> um, so I definitely agree with like taking a step back and being like, cool off and being like, what, what could I have done? And I feel like that goes with, I know you mentioned work, but I feel like that goes with like relationships too, because I think it's so easy to be like, he should be listening to me. And then you're like, oh, wait, what did I, what did I do wrong in this situation? Or with a friend too. I guess it goes, I guess that that's good advice for any situation. Yeah, I agree with everything that's been said. I think it's just like requires being reflective uh, and just like looking and like kind of what Janae said. I think sometimes like for me, I, um, like I get easily rattled. And so like the smallest like confrontation or anything, just like, I will be thinking about that shit for days, but I think it's really important to just like, again, focus on like the I part of it and like, okay, maybe even if you like, I feel like sometimes even if you don't think it's your fault, just think about what you could have done better in that situation and then kind of be accountable for that. And I think I've also gotten better with that just through therapy, um, yeah, I think that can, that can hold true for work, for friendships, relationships. Um, yeah, but also, but then again, I think it's hard, it's hard too. Cause sometimes I just want to be petty. Cause like, you just have some people in your life who like are never accountable for like anything. And you're like, I can only be held accountable for so many things before, like, we're going to have a, to have a talk. Um, but then again, I guess in that situation, it's like focus on you and not that other person. Like they can go to therapy separately and work through that. Yes. A good point. Um, I guess I'll ask the next question. Has Oreo cookie ever acknowledged the slang? I don't know, but while we discuss, I shall do Google. I doubt that they have. Like, why would they? No need for them to do that. And how how would they acknowledge the term? Like, are they going to have like a a black guy wearing glasses dancing in their <laughs> like a, the the idea of an Oreo, a dorky black guy or a dorky black girl like dancing in their video, holding up a package of Oreos. You know what I mean? 
I mean, and I feel like, but also Oreo can like, I, I feel like there's also no need for them to, if they, I think they could do something cool if they wanted to acknowledge it advertising wise, or just like to acknowledge what the word has become, but they also don't, it's not like they created this cookie with the intention that people would then start referring to black people as this cookie. Like, no, that was just rude, racist white people that took it upon themselves to create that term. So I don't know. I might also have to look into the history because maybe maybe Oreo has a racist history like so many other companies, but I don't know. Yeah, I, w- I would be interested to know. And I feel like this might be hard because slang is hard to trace back. We all know that all slang starts with black people typically, but I would love to know who started the term Oreo. Like who... So it's actually that. part of the Wikipedia page, which is pretty interesting. Really? Yeah. At the end of, if you look up Oreo on Wikipedia, it's saying that, um, like, basically why it's a slur. And then it's, I'm reading, like, political pundits, like the racist one, like, Rush Limbaugh compared Barack Obama to an Oreo because he's biracial. And then someone called Tim Scott um, an Oreo. But I feel like you're that in that case, you're kind of, depicting oreo versus coon no shade but like (laughs) tim scott i wouldn't say an oreo i just feel like he's a straight up coon and the term's been around a lot longer than them been around since the 1960s we actually did a few posts on this on instagram i'm trying to find my whole my whole thesis project was around this i should know it by heart (laughs) um i may have skipped it okay i'll keep searching as we keep talking yeah, it looks like basically to answer your question, I don't think they've ever addressed it. Okay, yeah, it is. The term was coined in the mid late 1960s and originates from the trademark name of the chocolate chip cookie. Um, and it was it it its origins coincide with the growth of the middle class of the black middle class when black families began moving into the suburbs, which are probably white suburbs. So. I feel like I don't I feel like that that name could have maybe come from white people then if it's because black people are at the same time moving into white suburbs or it's maybe black people talking about those people that are moving. I don't know. I've been been called it by both. So I I don't think. Oh, yeah, I've been called it by both. I've been called it by both. I mean, if a black person is calling you an Oreo, we all know it stems from white supremacy anyway. So. It's still white people. So at the base of it, it's white people fault. It's still white people fault, even if a black person was calling you an Oreo. You're right. It's still their fault. Should we cruise on to the next question? I need somebody to ask it to me. I'll ask it. Janae, top five crushes from K pop slash drama. Oh my God. Okay. I didn't (laughs) expect this question at all. Where did it come from? I can't stand you. Wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. A joke. So my top five, do you guys want to get your Googles ready to search these hot and steamy Googleable boys? If not, that's fine. I might, I might. Okay. Just so, want to compare them to um, your mans. Okay. So I feel like the two that off bat, everyone who knows me already knows this first one is Park Jimin. He's the love of my life. He's my future baby daddy. He's my king and my queen of everything. That's the man that I would do. I would kill for like actually murder. I would die for you. You. 
Hey, mm. darling, if you, if you want, want me to, to, you, hey, Kia, do you not know Prince? I was immediately thinking of um, a song by The Weeknd. Oh, no one cares about that man. No one cares. That's so rude. (laughs) Okay. So. Oh, no. I just looked up the second guy. I'm sorry, Janae. What? Okay. Well, he's not the second guy. He's the third guy. The second guy is a member of BTS. He's my bias wrecker in K-pop. You have a bias and a bias wrecker, which is um, like your favorite and then your second favorite, basically. Wow. Okay, I, didn't well, I was talking about Moonbin. Is that his name? Oh my God, Moonbin, daddy. You're ruining the list, Amari. Sorry, he's just I, not cute. I didn't put the first two guys on the list because for me, they were so like easy, basic. Um, but the other three, I had to like think and really rate all my other hotties in my head. Okay, so my um second favorite is kim namjoon aka rm aka rap monster that's daddy all day like okay if you were to compare park jimin and kim namjoon it would be like jimin is going to ruin your life he's going to literally he's toxic he's actually toxic he's the man that like you want to be with who wears leather jackets and has like a motorcycle and is like emotionally abusive right Kim Nam Joon is stability. He's boyfriend material. He has a dog. He goes to art galleries. He's so like smart and he reads books and does all the things. Kim Nam Joon is the guy that like after you're ruined by Park Jimin, Kim Nam Joon comes and he like picks you up and he's like, you beautiful girl. And you're like, I am. Ah! So there you go. What all of this says about me, don't look too deep into it. Whatever. Okay, third on the list is Park Seo-joon. So he is, um, he's been in like a lot of K-dramas that I love. He's a fantastic actor. Um, If you haven't watched it yet, watch Itaewon Class on um, Netflix. 10 out of 10 recommend if you have not like gotten into K-dramas yet. That's a good one to get into um, because there are a lot of great themes in it. But anyway, he is sexy. He's delicious. He's mature. He's like mature. He's like a grown ass man. You know what I mean? He low-key, maybe I'm wrong. He kind of looks like RM to me. Do you see it? Like they could be cousins. Not at all. Not at all. I don't, not even close. They could be cousins. No, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. But fun fact about Park Seo-joon is that he is good friends with a member of BTS who he acted with in a drama. So he hangs... No, um, Young, another member. Um, They acted together in drama, so he's like a part of the clique, low-key, and the clique that I'm trying to get into so I can marry one of these men. Next on the list is Moonbin... Why, why, what is your dislike for Moonbin? So Moonbin, Moonbin and my last one are a part of the same group called Astro. And Moonbin is just, he has the craziest features. Like I've never seen these features before on a person's face. And when you first see him, because his features are so different, you're like, wow, but you take notice and he's also very thick and he's very muscular. He is just, and he's an amazing dancer too. Amazing dancer. Then last is Sanha. Don't arrest me for this. I don't even think Sanha's 21 yet. Sanha might've just turned 21. He's very young. He's a baby. 
but I lust after this baby. I lust after him. He's also tall. He's a tall K-pop boy. Um, and he's so talented, has an amazing voice, is an amazing dancer. Uh, I really think Astro is like the next big thing. After BTS like takes a rest, sits down, Astro is going to be like the next big K-pop group. I think I see it in my life. Um, so those are my five. Oh, damn. Honorable mention is Kai from um, EXO. Honorable mention, Kai from EXO, in case you want to Google him. He's fine, Amari. You're going to think Kai is fine. Kia, you would think Kai is fine, too. He is delicious, and he has an amazing body. Um, uh, wow. <laughs> we love a good body. And he's also really good. Oh, I know this too. face. What's you know this face. I've probably sent you a music video or two, an EXO music video or two. He's cute, cute enough for but me. But he's, you know... Hmm. I'm okay with dating someone who is prettier than I am or who is I'm, better looking I'm than not. I am. But I'm not at the same time, you know? Like, I would just stand next to him and probably feel insecure. And that's not what I want about to do with myself, you know? I feel that way, too. I like a pretty boy. Like, I the way like he's looking at his lips right here. Like, yeah. I, I like a pretty boy, but I'm not competing with you. Like, you need to know I'm coming first, okay? Yeah, like, I need you to know that I'm number one and like you can't get no one better than me but this man right here he'd be like no I could get you and I could get her yeah mm-hmm. that's why I don't be messing with those nine tens you know what I'm saying the seven eights <laughs> oh my god the seven eights know their place okay you know what I'm saying it's like I'm better than you like you but you're not ugly like you know and it's, even it. when I think a person is like a nine ten, like I'm pretty sure they're a ten. In my head, I try to talk it down. I'm like, no, they're 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 not that big. I'm like, no, maybe I'm the only one who sees it. Maybe they're only a ten in my eyes. And then when people confirm that they're that they're that good looking, I'm like, damn it. I feel like it's the opposite for me. I'd be thinking people tens, and all my friends are like, yeah, they're sold six. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> I do not know what my taste is. I really don't because I find that in real life, the men that I'm attracted to are like slightly crusty skater boys. Like that's in real life. Those are typically the men that I'm attracted to. It's just to. the word crusty. I hate it. <laughs> Listen, my brother, he like called me out in front of a room full of people. Hi, Gerald. I know you're listening and said that I have like crusty taste. But ever since then, I've really been like honing in on it because having crusty taste is not a bad thing. When I say that, like, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me explain. Let me see. <laughs> Having crusty taste is like dating a guy who has like a small scab on his knee from doing something physical outside. Or like he doesn't put lotion on his hands all the time. So the crack of his hand is a little ashy. That's why I'm that's where I'm thinking of crusty. Like he's not like the type of dude. I feel like that's Kia. not what your brother meant when he described when he said crusty. Well, I'm taking <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like you're very soft with this description. <laughs> Well, I'm taking it and I'm applying it. I feel like like the type of guys that Kia dates, for example, are like guys who are like I've, I've, all the guys that you send us are like clean cut edge up. They wear belts and shit. Suits. Like they're like, yeah, yeah, they're like suits like this guy's wearing aftershave, you know, and like I don't necessarily like. I don't like that, but it's weird. I love a clean cut guy. I love a clean cut guy. Maybe it's, I'm some, I feel like I'm actually somewhere in between your tastes. Like a guy who could clean it up if he wanted to, but probably chooses not to on most days. Like I want to go out and I want, I don't want you wearing sweats. Like I, I want you to be fashionable. I want you to be in a collared shirt. I want you to know 
that you're taking a queen out. You know what I'm saying? You need to look good. I'm looking good. You want people to, looking good together. You want people that are sitting near you to stop and be like, hey, that's a really good looking couple. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I want. I want that too. I'm not saying the guys don't like, aren't like they can't put it together, but instead of wearing like slacks, they'll wear like nice streetwear or like, like they'll be like, they'll still be put together. Just I think like, the guys use, they're still stylish and just in a different way. I feel like the problem is that guys, a lot of guys just aren't stylish. Eilish. Like, it's very rare to find a guy that I feel like it's like, you know how to dress. Like, I have one friend and he's not like super clean cut, but he like, I would say he knows how to dress for sure. But like, everyone else, I feel like it's like, I'm wearing sweats. It's just I also, wearing shorts. Like, it's also because society is stupid and they have managed to like feminize the idea of like putting yourself together. Like yeah. if you care too much about how you look, then you're you metrosexual. Know, you're, right. Like you're metro. You're like, are yeah. like people are like starting like questioning your sexuality. And it's like, no, anyone can just put themselves together. You like ask a man, like, why are you metrosexual? And he could be like, I wash my ass. Like that would be metrosexual. <laughs> but you that. know what? Take it back to my idols. Take it back to my idols. Every time I show my American friends or or friends that are not into K-pop, these guys are like, they're too much because it's just a different beauty standard with idols. Like it's okay for men to wear makeup in South Korean entertainment because it's just like, you're selling a fantasy. You're, you're put together. But every American who I show this is like, mm, that's a little too much. Mm, it's a little too femme for Which me. is also mm. funny or not interesting too, because like you're taught when you watch, at least maybe I just watched too much behind the scenes, but all these actors are wearing makeup. So there's really not that much of a difference. The only difference is, is that like, for example, this group Monster X, they partner with Urban Decay and they have commercials of them carrying an eye palette and being like Urban Decay, you know, and it's men. And I think that's really the difference between like Western um, and other cultures where it's like, they wear makeup so you know that they're wearing makeup whereas over here when men wear makeup you're not supposed to know that they're wearing makeup and i just find it really interesting because i feel like my taste in like western dudes is like like i said crusty skater boy complete opposite completely opposite and then my taste in like all of these korean guys is like he and I could wear the same eyeshadow palette. Like he and I could legit share. Like I could put on some of his makeup. Oh my God. I would love to put some makeup on Jimmy. Wow. All right. Well, um, next question. <laughs> we'll move it forward. It's not really a question, but something I've been thinking about really. I'm 20 and I've been seeing so many people my age having kids moving in together or getting married. I know everybody's path isn't the same and everyone is different. However, I can't help but feel left behind sometimes, feeling like I'm not growing up fast enough. At the same time, I don't want to grow up at all because my anxiety makes me scared of the world sometimes in my life with my family is safe and familiar. So it's always a constant back and forth. Hmm. It's interesting. I think we've, we've all been there and we've even had an episode about societal deadlines, um, and yeah, thank, thank you for sharing this. We, like I said, we've all been there. Like we've all been in a space where you just, just go on Facebook and you'll see everyone from freaking high school is like 
getting married or already married, has kids, engaged, and it really kind of like slaps you. Like, is this something I should be doing? Even two of my friends from high school where we were texting today and they were saying how like we graduated almost nine years ago now. Yeah, almost 10. Yeah. And that's like insane to think about. What do you guys have to, what do you guys think? I think it's kind of sad that she's 20 and think and feels this way. Oh um, shit, I missed that. She's 20. Yeah. Yeah. That's I feel like too that, young. that made me a little sad. And I don't want to invalidate your experience because I know what it's like to be 20. Um, I know how it feels to be like, I want this, I want this, I want this when everyone is doing it. But I feel like it just makes me a little sad because I, I feel like that's the generation that really came up with like going to high school with Instagram and maybe even going to middle school with Instagram. And I feel like that might be an effect of that. Um, because I feel like, okay, we're in our mid twenties and I feel like your mid twenties is when you guys aren't on the same path. You know, it's kind of like everybody typically graduates around 21, 22, whatever. And like, you know, you're kind of all in that together. But like, once you really hit the mid twenties, it's really like some people are getting married. Some people are single as fuck. Some people are renting. Some people are getting a house. It starts to like your paths really start to like drift off. Um, but I feel like at 20, like feeling the pressure to be married and have children at 20. That's, that's a little concerning to me just because I'm wondering where that's coming from. Um, like, I feel like at 20, you're not even legally, you can't even have a drink yet. Like you should be in, you should really be enjoying life. Um, and I feel like I, I mean, I could say that about myself now. I'm 26 and I'm really trying to instill that, but I'm still young and that I could, you know, I should really be enjoying my life. But I feel like at 20, like if there's one regret I have, I don't really have many, but if there's one that I have in my early 20s, it's it's really like stressing about things that were not my control and I could have just had fun instead. And I'd say a lot of that is like career and relationship wise. Um, I think I could have spent a lot more energy just enjoying my youth instead of like constantly beating myself up and comparing when it comes to those two things. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all environmental. Like if, if the people are around you, like are, I mean, I think that's early, but I also like thinking about the, the town I, I grew up in, like, you know, people were in school having kids, people were graduating and getting married, like after, after high school, like it was just something that happened. I never felt pressured to do that. Cause I was like, I'm a, I'm a career bitch. I'm about myself. Like, I'm just going to get my money and keep going. But I do, I mean, like, but I also think we just need to normalize. Um, I want to, I want to see more stories about like 26 year old women who have never had a boyfriend. Maybe that's because I can relate to it, but because there's so many of us out here just thinking that we're weird and it's not normal when it's actually the experience of so many people. And like, like has already been said, everyone's everyone's timeline is different. And I think ultimately we want what we don't have. Like we're always just going to want what we don't have. And you see people like having kids and and moving in together and you're like, and I feel like it's easy to question whether like that's something I need or, or I want. Um, And just like ignore it really just like ignore what's happening around you or like let the thought come in your head and then let it go because if it's not for you, it's not for you. And if it is, it like, it'll happen. But like you're 20, I hate people like, oh, you have so much time. Um, Cause also, I don't know what your personal timeline is. Like maybe you do want kids by 23. Like maybe you want to be married by 23. So I don't know. Um, but I think just give yourself the space to explore what you want without feeling pressured by what other people are doing. 
And I think those people that have kids and um, a house or whatever, like there's also things that they want that they don't have to. Um, so like they could be jealous of you for like having like a great career or something. Like there's always something, like you said, that, that we don't want, uh, we want something that we don't have. Um, and I also think like, and I'm basing this actually on like science, like your brain actually doesn't develop until 26 fully. And like a lot of experts do say it explains like, a lot of these boys. Exactly. But it doesn't explain after 26 why they still dumb as fuck. But, <laughs> uh, but like your brain, like a lot of experts will tell you like your brain doesn't fully develop until 26. And that's why it's kind of bogus, not bogus, because I don't want to like discredit anyone. But like it's it's like getting married is such a big decision to commit to or even like getting a house or like, you know, something like that. It's a big decision. Um when your brain hasn't fully developed. And I think that's why you see people who get married young, they end up divorcing. Cause like at 20, say you get married at 24, 30, 24 to 35, you're like a completely different person, even 24 versus 27. That like your twenties is a huge developing year. Like I look back at 21 and that's only five years ago. And that is like, I would not even recognize who that person was like, and yes, you can grow together, but I do think that's the exception to the rule. It's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying it's not. But I think there's just so much developing there where like forcing yourself or like having pressure to make decisions and especially in your early 20s, I would just like relieve that pressure. Like your brain is not even fully developed, like relieve that. You do not need to figure out your life at 20, 21, 22. I promise you, you don't. I promise you, you're going to change completely different. Yeah. And to, to repeat a phrase that I've said on this podcast, grow your own damn grass, you know? I I 100% get the feeling, but like Amari and Kia said, you're so young. You have so much time to get there. At 20, you are a baby. I'm sorry, girl, but you are a person. You're a baby. Like, you're young. You have all the time in the world. And I do like, Amari, how you said that it really comes back to environment. I had a friend who is from like a very conservative community where a lot of people were getting married at 18, 19. And I had another friend who was really upset because at our college graduation, she had always dreamed of being proposed to right after graduation, like literally at her graduation party, some guy getting down on one knee. And it's like, if, if those are all the people, you know, who got married at between the ages of 20 and 24. I understand how you're out here wanting that. But I think back to 20, I didn't even know how to tie my damn shoes right. You know what I mean? Like 20, I was, I was dumb. So dumb, 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 dumb. Girl, take your time. It'll happen all in good time. And, and also I think something that I probably didn't think about until um, earlier or later on is like, it was actually, I had like a, like a revelation moment when we went to go, we went house hunting with um, a, f- a few friends of ours um, who were married and we were talking to this realtor and she was just saying like how she bought her first house at 20. And I just like stopped and was like, I had never considered that was something I could do without a partner. Like we are taught that there are certain things you can only do if you were married or partnered up. And that's just like, not the case. Like you're talking, I know you're talking about moving in together, but like, you can move into your own damn house without someone and they could live wherever. Like you could potentially 
whenever you want to have kids, raise that kid. And you don't technically I mean you need someone's sperm, but like you don't need that person. So I just think it's just like we have to like rethink, like rethink these milestones in our life where we're like because we're conditioned to think it has to be with someone else. Like it doesn't like you don't need a person. That's a really good point to do all those things. Um, should we move on to the next one? Who wants to take it? Sure. Kia can read. Um, I've taken a lot of personal L's regarding my relationships and career in short succession. So how does one deal with failure and regain the confidence and strength to push through? This is such an interesting question because I, I feel the same way. I don't, I wouldn't say L's as someone who's currently struggling in like the love and career at the same time it's rough uh, trust me I did not think I would be here in this situation but I am um but actually I think my first thought is like kind of reshaping that the word L's kind of reshaping like not being successful in that area as an L because I just it's not the end of your road you know what I'm saying like I think anytime in life when we have like something rough going on I I wouldn't say it's an L I would say it's like kind of just like a pivot like, I, like, you know, hypothetically, if you like something didn't go well in your career, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's not like you will never, ever do what you want to do. It's just like kind of like life happens and that's a pivot. Same with like a relationship. I feel like we always think like if it doesn't work out, the relationship is an L. Like we just wasted our time and all stuff. But I, I don't think it's an L. I think you, you probably learned something from that relationship. So I would I would reframe the way you look at that. I know it's easier said than done. Um, and the confidence and strength to push through, Oof, I, I think that takes time. And I think it's like really examining yourself. Like, I think if like you want to date again, but you're not mentally there, don't force it. I think if you, you know, want to pivot in your career, but you're, you just mentally and physically can't do it. I would say like, don't put that pressure on you. I would say to get through it, really look at yourself and like, listen to your body of like, do you have the strength and like when you'll have the strength to like get what you want. I think that was really good advice, Kia. Um, Just to piggyback off of that, I feel like you really should not put pressure on yourself about this. Like, especially if you're kind of coming from a situation similar to ours where you have been working, you have had a job before and maybe you lost it due to the pandemic or, or maybe some other circumstance happened we are told from a very young age, excuse me, that you have to have the career, right? Like everything we work for up until the age of, when do you finish college? Like between 22, most people and like 24, right? We're told up until that age that you need to strive for a career. And then you get into your career and it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do now for like the next, I don't know, 40, 60 years, just be in this job? What? Don't rush. You got you. Just just like the girl we said before, don't rush. You got your whole life to be in a relationship. You got your whole life to be in a career. Take this time for you. Do what makes you comfortable. And like Kia said, do what makes you comfortable. Do what you have the strength to do. But other than that, smell the roses. Be alone. Walk outside. Take the time in the afternoon where you don't have to punch a clock to like do yoga or read a book. Because you're going to get another job and you're going to find someone. It's going to happen. Just chill until then. 
And it's so much easier said than done. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I, know I mean, I, know. I also think it's okay to like let yourself be sad for a bit. Like, I definitely think it's like, you don't need to wallow for like months, but I think like, it's okay to like give yourself that break to be like, fuck, this is hard. I'm sad. Like lean into those feelings and then kind of like try to build yourself up and do those little things. Like Janae said, go for those walks, read those books. Um, I think something that's helped me with, I'll do, I'll do L's and then career. Cause I feel like I've taken a lot more L's in my relationships than I have in my career. Um, for relationships, what always really helps me is like when I meet a new person and I'm like, oh, wow, there are like a lot of great people in this world. I can come across another great person. Like, you know, like it may take me some time, but there, if I can reach this feeling with someone else multiple times, like it can happen. So I think that's something that, that helps me through. Um, And then also for career, I would just say like, try to redirect that energy. Um, if it's not working out, like just control, change what you can change, you know, like, is it re-upping my, my resume? Is it looking through my portfolio? Is it like trying to network with people just like trying to put it in the energy and also to say, you can, you can still be doing what you need to do right now and still be getting those L's. Like we see that every day. We see people trying a hundred percent and that shit's just not coming their way. But I think you just have to like, be persistent because there has to be like meeting other people. Like there has to be someone who's going to notice your work ethic and see your talent and give you that opportunity. Like there has to be, maybe that's me just being dumb optimistic. Oh, I think you're right. I was going to say the same advice that you said with like, I'm going to meet another person. I'm going to have that same feeling. I think it's like with careers, like I'm going to, you know, it's not, there's a bunch of jobs that are going to happen, will happen. Like, it's, you know, even if you thought it was your dream job, there could be another dream job for you. I think it's very plausible. Um, so I think oftentimes when we get in a situation we like, like, especially with it's a person, you're like, I'll never find anyone like him again. And then the next person you find, it's, you're like, wow, that person was nothing compared to this person. It always happens. Um, it's easier said than done, of course. It's, of course, especially when you're in it, it sucks, but it's, it's possible. Okay. Our next question. I'm, I'm sorry that you guys are dealing with the ghetto that is the apps, but I'm happy to have some company out here. I've been on and off on dating apps for years and with COVID laws loosening in my state, I figured it was time to get out there again. But I don't know if it's just me or if quarantine has made me more sensitive or what, but it seems like a lot of these guys are more rude than they were before the pandemic. There has always been creeps that immediately ask for sex, but it seems most of the men I match with don't even try to ask me out before implying sex. I'd like to know how you all go about letting these guys know what's up. I typically just ignore dudes when they do it, but I find myself getting pissed off. Ignoring these dudes just feels like I'm giving them a free pass to do this to other women. Whew. I'm going to tell you guys a tale. I'm going to tell you a tale because I feel like this relates to it. One time, <laughs> one time I, there were many signs that I should have canceled the state, but I ended up getting hot chocolate with this man at like nine at night. I thought we were going for a walk to another place. This, we land on this door and I thought it was like, oh, this is like a, a cool new bar or something. It was this man's apartment and I'm awkward and it takes me a while to register stuff that's happening. So we're in his apartment. He's showing me around and I'm like, this man is really like peacocking me. Like he's trying to entice me with his nice looking apartment 
to then make me want to have sex with him. Shit went down that I won't get into. Ended up leaving. I was so upset that I literally ran into a fucking uh, glass door. Like his apartment was a glass door. I ran into it and the um, <laughs> the doorman was like, oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I left. And then a month later, I saw this guy out on a date with someone. And he told me, I told him, I told him how he made me feel because I think it's important that these guys know that you are people and that the way they treat you impacts you. So I told him the next time you go out with a girl, make her feel like she's worth than, worth more than $5 that is worth the hot chocolate. And he said, oh honey, that's all you're worth. So I saw him out with a friend and I saw him with another girl and I had the opportunity to really go up to this girl and be like, don't fuck with this boy, don't do it. And I just let it go. I just let it pass and I said, she can take care of herself. And I really regret that because that man was trash and I'm sure, and I knew because the bar we were at is right down the street from his apartment. So I knew he was gonna take her there and I just did not take that opportunity and I really do regret it. So I think you should tell these men when they don't treat you right, that they're wrong and that they need to do better. They're not gonna, you're, and you're not gonna give them an opportunity to do better with you. I completely agree, 100%, 100%. <laughs> I don't know where the audacity comes from. Um, I've been out the game for almost like a year and a half at least. And I always set my expectations too high. I'm like, surely they'll ask me on a date, but I've been, I've, I've lowered that expectation because I feel like guys, for some reason, they're just whack and lame and they can't even ask you out. Like, and if you do, it's like, they'll like, well, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What? Like, and it's like, well, nigga, I'll just plan it myself. The fuck? Like I'm, can you plan something? Like, I just don't get how you're like trying to get a girl and like, you can't even be like, Hey, meet me here at seven. Can you do that? Like, I'm sick of like having to walk their hand and be like, this is what I like. This is when I'm free. This is, here are some suggestions at that point. I, I might as well just go by myself. Cause I just asked myself out. Like, so I wish they would do better on that. Cause it's like, my God, why is it like impossible to even get someone to ask you out? But um, I don't know where the audacity is either. I'll tell a quick story, which you guys know, cause it just happened, but I like matched with someone on hinge and, um, we were having a good conversation and I got my men's mixed up and I accidentally FaceTime him when I was supposed to FaceTime someone else. Kind of awkward. <laughs> um, but we, he was texting me and I was on FaceTime with the dude that I was supposed to be on FaceTime with. And I just see like a bunch of messages and I'm like, I, I can't respond to this right now. I'm on FaceTime. And so I get off FaceTime. The FaceTime was like an hour. Yeah, about an hour. And like the last messages that I'm getting is like, why are you ignoring me? Why, you know, can I ask what I did wrong instead of you ghosting me? Like, I really thought this will work out like back to back to back. And I'm just like, it's been an hour, like an hour you are not entitled to my time. I'm not entitled to, it was just like very creepy. Like if I, like if this guy had my address, I think he'd show up and kill me. Like, and it's like, I, I, I just like, was like, I feel really like these messages are incredibly un unsettling and I just can't continue with this. And I, I just said what I had to say and, and blocked him. Cause I was just like, I felt good saying it. Like you're not entitled. Like, I think we do need to start saying them. And I'm like, 
you know, if I have an issue with you, I'm going to bring it up. Like, hey, I don't like the way you're communicating with me. And if you want me to stay around, then do better. If not, I'm a dip. And that's really what it is at the end of the day, because I don't really have time to like show you how to date. Like, like I just, I don't get it. I just don't have that patience anymore. And not even to date, just like treat people with decency. Why are you so aggressive and I don't know you? And it's scary because if you're this aggressive and I don't know you, how aggressive will you be when you become comfortable with me? Yeah, good question. In that moment, I literally was like, this looks like domestic violence to you in like a, if we were ever to date. Like if I didn't text you back, you would just like come and like beat the shit out of me or something. That's what I thought. So I also have a story regarding this. I, I The same thing. Tell these guys, be upfront, be honest. And I recently started doing that because I feel like I have spent a lot of my t- time in life being a people pleaser, especially when it comes to dynamics with men, because I'm just so afraid of looking too aggressive or too angry or, or just too much in any way that a lot of times guys will do something and I'll just like ignore it. Just like not say anything, not address it. But I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I'm done with this. I am diggity done. And I had a, a two part where it was two different guys. And I was like, ah, ah. Um, so the first one, mom, I'm sorry. This is a not safe for work story, but she gonna listen anyway. Um, so there's this guy that I matched with on Hinge. Um, and we were messaging back and forth on the app conversation was cool. I gave him my number. And then he really quickly told me that he was not looking for anything serious. I just kind of like, don't tell me you're one of those guys. So I just like stopped texting him. Right. He came back. He did that pursuing thing, which I'm learning is something that I love, but isn't always like the best. I really love being pursued, but it's for like deeper reasons. It's not always the greatest. So, Um, but anyway, he like double texted me like, what's up? blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he caught me on a horny day. We ended up sending each other some flirty, steamy to text messages. Right. Um, and that was like it. And I was like, all right, cool. I no longer feel as horny as I did before. Great stuff. So then like a week goes by, I don't hear from him. Whatever. He randomly texts me and he's just like, hey, I really want to meet up, but like, I'm super busy this weekend. I don't think we can. I'm like, what? (laughs) No one ever. When he and I talked about meeting up, I specifically set a boundary several times saying that I need to meet you in person in a public space before any alone time happens. I said that to him several, several, several times. And then for him to just jump from point A to B, just because we had one sexting, one bout of sexting, boy, boy, boy. And then to get a little bit more graphic, I told him I was not sending him anything. I told him, you can send me as much as you want to send me. Love a dick pic. I'm all here for it. But I told him, I'm not sending you anything because I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. And every time I said I wasn't going to send him something, I said to him, would love to, you know, in person, in person, need a date first though, need a date first though. So for him to just come out the gate, I was like, what? But I ignored it because I was hoping me ignoring it would send a message that like, no, this isn't going to happen. You took a week 
to hit me up. You didn't strike while the iron is hot. You got lucky that I was willing to entertain you sending me dick pics anyway. Um, so I ignored it. Then like the next day, he texts me on some because he lives in Queens. I live in Jersey City. He texts me on some, damn, you mad deep. Queens is so far away from Jersey City. I don't know. Ah, 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 you might have to come to me. I decided in that moment, like I had a snap of like, oh no, oh no. This nigga could have saved himself if he just didn't text me again, but I'm going off. And I just like straight up said to him, I don't know where you think you're entitled to my time. One sexy conversation does not make you sneak in some sneaky link in the middle of the night. That ain't gonna happen. Period. Boy, get out my face. Wait, the, the, it's for me that you're gonna have to come for me. So it's like you acknowledge that we're not close enough. But instead of even meeting halfway, you just say, you gonna have to come for me. Like, where do you get the audacity? Where is the audacity? And it's the zero effort. Again, I said this on the last episode. I know this because I re- was re-listening earlier today. It's the putting in zero effort and expecting maximum return. It does not make sense. You like, even like the fact that you can't even pretend to care enough about this person to like go on a date because you could really just take someone out on a date with the same intention of getting them in bed if you wanted. Not saying that's any better, but like you like it's not even like the there's like no pretense of any effort there's no effort it's the constant like you literally treat women as objects and you make it known and then like I know y'all not getting any play if you are it's not with like people who like themselves I just know you're not not acting like that you're not like I just don't know how you think that that is working for you like I just what it's just baffling because it's like it also makes me question, like, I don't want to put it all in the parents, but it really makes me question, like, who is raising with you guys or who is teaching you how to talk to, to women? Because I just, it's it's a little concerning. Actually, it's very concerning at this point because it's just, like, the constant, I'm just going to, like, ask the girl to, like, come on my apartment or, like, take her to a date so I can just, like, sneak her up to my apartment. Like, you're not slick. Like, you're trash. Like, and just, like, you have to do so much to, like, kind of coerce someone into sex and like just look at people as objects it's really concerning because i just don't think that's normal like a person who has like not in like a a men- like the right mental state i just don't think you would like look at engaging sex like that in like a healthy way it just doesn't seem healthy to me and even if even if you want to put me at fault for sexting with a guy that i haven't met in person during this conversation i specifically told him I'm not sending you anything. I am not doing anything before you before we have a preliminary date. And even if I didn't do any of that, that does not mean that you are entitled to shit. This is texting. This is make-believe. This is fantasy. You don't know me and I don't know you. You are not entitled to my body. You are not entitled to my time. Just because you asked me if I wanted to see a picture of your dick and I said, yeah, sure, why not? That does not mean that I'm allowing you to have sex with me. It doesn't. Also, you asked, I said yes. Major Period. red flag is the ignoring of boundaries that are being set continuously. In all of these situations, in all of these situations, just the ignoring of boundaries. It's like, huh? And also, I don't know if y'all do this too, but when men, if I'm on a dating app and we get to the point where we're texting and someone does not return my text, 
I'm not going to go after that person. I'm going to just let it go. If they want to talk to me, they would reach out to me. If I don't hear from them, okay, they don't want to hear from me. I'm going to wait for them. So my thing is that the fact that people are not returning your texts and you keep on coming at them is just odd to me. I don't get that. And it'd be different if you guys went on like a couple of days and you just ghosted because I think you're entitled to like, you know, an explanation or an ask for an explanation if, you know, you went out a couple of times and they were just like, no, sure. Just be like, hey, I just want to know what's up. If they still don't answer, I mean, that's just an L. I don't know. Um, that's an actual L. Um, but I think it's just like on their part. But yeah, it's just like, you know, if people fall off. Like also, okay, you said he like waited a week to a text you or whatever. It's like, personally, I would just like, you've lost my interest. And I th- don't think guys get that where it's like, if you're going to start off strong and text me every fucking day or every other day, and then you want to dip here and there, guess who's not dipping with you, ho? Cause like, I'm not doing that with you. <laughs> like I'm not some like secondhand. Oh, I'm bored. Let's see what she's up to. Nah, it's going to be silent real quick. Like it takes effort. And that, and that was a part of the audacity for me. Like a week had gone by and I hadn't heard from him. So I was just like, cool, free dick pic, whatever. Have a good life. And then for him, he didn't say, hi, hello, how are you? How's your day? Whatever. He was just like, oh, I don't think we can fuck this weekend. And I'm like, huh? Who is this? First off, because I didn't save your damn number. So I'm like, who the hell is this? And then I look and I'm like, make it make sense. Huh? What? make it make sense where are we what's happening um but i guess to go back to your question let these let these dudes know because i do think that that is kind of part of the problem um and you know what kia in our last episode you were talking about how sometimes women are at fault and i will agree that I think a lot of the time, I think this society has lifted men up to do whatever the hell they want to. And just like a badass kid that's parent has never told them to sit the fuck down. I don't agree with whooping, but just like a kid who's never been disciplined by their parent and they're doing whatever they want and wreaking havoc. I feel like that's how a lot of men are. The world society has been like literally carved for them to do well. And no one's ever told them. And I just feel like some of these dudes, we just got to have to to just straight up be like, no, no, no. And I feel like we have to develop this, like, I'm not afraid to lose them because there's more fish in the sea, period. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, that's that's basically what I was trying to get at. I don't think I did a good job of explaining it last episode. <laughs> but um, I was basically, yeah, because it's like, you know, like the women that are like, my nigga ain't shit. He cheated on me 14 times, da, 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 but I'm still going to hold him down. Like that type of thing where I'm like, OK, now we got to go back to accountability because yeah. that's just we can't be complaining that dudes ain't shit and then still screwing the ones that, you know, are dogging us out every mm-hmm. week. You know, that's what I was trying to say. Um because it's just like it sucks that we have to do this and it does don't get me wrong I don't like to I hate the idea of like we've been dating for like say 10 years at least why am I still walking you through to ask a bitch out (laughs) like that annoys me walking you through how to treat a person with common decency why why this is supposed to be fun for the both of us I'm not having fun like and I keep telling myself, like, once the bad out- outweighs the good with this person, once I'm not having fun, I'm not excited to text you, 
it's going to be a wrap because I just don't have time for that. And if you're going to do this whole like inconsistent thing, inconsistent thing, then it's, it's going to be a wrap. It has to be a wrap because this is just not fun. There was another guy I had to dead because he did some unfun stuff. Um, I just moved into a new apartment, like I've said, about 15 times, and I got a couch delivered. And at the last minute, I had to find someone to emergency help me lift that bitch up four flights of stairs. And he and I were supposed to, me and this guy that I met on Hinge, we were supposed to have a FaceTime date. Um, And honestly, we were supposed to have it on Sunday, the day before, but I went out Saturday and I got real crazy and i was hungover and i ate too much food oh i thought you were gonna say and i got lit tea because you're on like the oh whole sorry i missed opportunity um but basically sunday i was like rain check my guy because i'm exhausted and then monday came and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry i sent such a sincere message i was like oh my god i'm so sorry getting my couch delivered ah! and he was just like oh okay dot 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 that's fine just don't let it happen again I want to fight this man. I do not know you. It would be one thing if I did you like these dudes do. And I said that we were going to have a FaceTime date and then just never texted you. And then texted you the next day as if nothing happened. But I actually sent you on both days said, hey, I'm sick. Hey, something happened with my couch. This man legit tried to discipline you as a grown ass woman. He said, don't do it again. Are you, are you my parent? He said, don't let it happen again. And then he sent like a Britney Spears gif going like, like making that. Did you respond? No, I didn't respond. But what's confusing is people think that like, what part of you think that's going to elicit a good response? I want to fight this person. I really do. See, and that's the type of shit. Like people ask like, why are women so angry? It's because we are literally, do you see the similarities between Janae, Janae's question, Janae's response, like her story, my story and Kia's story. They're literally all the same shit happening to three different people constantly when we date these men. And so why are we angry? Because we are literally on the day to day dealing with trash. People treating you like trash, expecting shit from you. And then you just absorb it. And the crazy part is, is that these guys, you don't even know them and they're coming out the gate treating you like trash like what happened to putting your best foot forward what happened to that i i mean i get it is it just because it's online and people now are like like they just feel like keyboard warriors that they can do whatever they want and they don't have to act like a gentleman until it's like in real life is is that what it is like they just don't take these apps seriously because i'm on a dating app to date exactly as a person i mean we're all people on the internet but I've like noticed this weird thing too with being more on the internet is that people have this weird notion that they deserve access to you or like you, they have ownership over you in some weird way. And that's not the case. We are literally all people. And I'm really confused why we can't just, if, if you, if you, like you said, Janae, like put your best foot forward. If I want to potentially not even just be in a relationship with this person, but just like have interactions with this person. Why would I treat them poorly from the jump? Yeah. I think that's just a lack of common sense at the same time too. I'm not sure which one of you said it, but I think it was Amari. Like it's also like not even dating, it's common decency. Like you wouldn't, like the fact that you have the, the audacity to treat just like humans like this is like 
really unsettling. Like, you know, I like I would just not even if I was dating someone, I would just never make someone feel like they were like a piece of meat or garbage or like so disposable. And that's right there. That's what I don't understand because it's like, okay, so you can say, cause I can hear men that I know saying like, you guys are looking at this as women. You're not looking at it as men because men just want to have sex with you. Like that's all they want. But you are putting your most valued part of yourself inside of someone else that you don't even know and don't even treat with respect. You're really that thirsty to have sex that you're willing to to put a valued part of yourself inside of someone that you don't even respect? That's what I'm saying when it comes to an unhealthy relationship with sex. Like, it's weird. It's weird. And I think it's weird. We don't address that. It's weird. But it's weird. I think we need to address that because I feel like people will make you feel like you're crazy because you're like, well, you know, dudes just like to fuck anything and everything. No, that's a problem. That's an issue right there that you're willing to have sex with literally anything that fucking grieves. That is an issue. And you guys need to get checked out because it's fucking weird. I'm not saying everyone you got to be in love with, but goddamn, if you don't respect a bitch, why would you put your penis in her? I don't. Why? And and I'm protected on that because I know they be doing that. They be wanting to slide unprotected. Unprotected. Y'all are willing to have a kid, but will say, oh, fuck this bitch. She dirty. And guess what? You got a little Jamal that you're stuck with for 18 years because (laughs) you wanted to be real nasty and you don't care. Like, it's gross. It's fucking weird. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. And you know, the funny thing, me and Kia talk about this all the damn time. How like, literally all you have to do is act right once. At this point in my life. When, okay, on on Sunday morning when we were just like fucking around and we were talking about dating and Janae just sits on her bed and she's like, one day, one one day, one day. day." (laughs) I'm at this point in my 27 years on this earth where I'm feeling so secure and badass and just ready to live my life. And at this point, all I need is one mic. All I need is one good damn date. All I need is one good damn date and you can slide. You can do the thing. All I need to know is that you are a normal, decent enough human being who will take the effort to make me giggle, buy me a drink, maybe some food. We can text and talk. And then after that, next time I see you, it's on site, especially if I find you attractive and you're smart and you have a decent job. I'm not asking for that damn much. And these dudes are stupid. You ruin it every time. You're a fucking idiot every damn time. It just also makes me so angry because like here you are saying like, honestly, like I've been giving such like you've been given such garbage that like it really would not take that much. Like, you know, but in all reality, you deserve that much and more like you deserve both of you deserve to be brought on multiple dates and have the option of whether you even want to kiss this person and they should still be working hard. You know, like it's like I just like. I wasn't alive for this time, but like what happened to like courtship, you know, like what happened to this whole, like, I need to prove to this person that I am worthy of their time. Let me Mm -hmm. put in the effort and show them. It's like, I just, those times are gone. I think, I think those times are done. They're gone. They're clearly gone. I mean, I, I'm also embarrassed when like, which this rarely happens, but someone takes me out on a nice date and I am literally looking at them like they're my Obama. Like, I'm like, damn, like, I don't want to be this hype, but like, 
it really is like oh you paid for my drinks and food like let me just get you offered to get an uber for me to go home safely and told me to text you when i'm inside oh my god you care about my yeah when that should be the norm and it's not you know what is even more like what it's devastating when you have that and then the guy like disappears or slowly starts like disappearing it's like okay so we got past the point of of talking on the internet because I really didn't expect this to go farther than that and then we got on the date and you were like a normal decent human being who did all the things he did you did all the things you have this fantastic date you didn't put any pressure on me to have sex with you or kiss you or do anything and then you just disappear you just disappear and it's like all right i get it maybe your ex-girlfriend came back into the picture maybe you're a gentleman but you weren't attracted to me so you just decided to to keep the night going whatever but you can't even communicate that dog you can't even just be like hey i don't think this is gonna work or at least make an excuse i've done that shit before where a guy's pursuing me and i think he's a nice guy but i just know i'm not that attracted to him i will at least make up an excuse to stop him from waiting for me and say something like, I'm not interested in dating right now. Like I'll at least do that, but you're just going to keep me thinking about all the things that could just be waiting out here. Yeah. I don't know which one's worse because those are both pretty bad. It's, uh, I know it's exhausting even thinking about it. Cause it's like, yeah, it feels like you're in like a job interview and that's exhausting too. Mm-hmm. I just can't do both at once. I don't even know. Yeah, (laughs) honestly, but I'm like, it's amazing too, because for, again, not to be generalized, like not to generalize people because everyone's motivations are different, but the guys I I grew up around or like, I just did not find them to be as ambitious as the women I was surrounded by. And I just found them to be a lot lazier, but I'm like, y'all are putting in so much energy to like get zero results with dating and I'm like, if you thought about this correctly, you'd be like, oh, I could get a smart ass girl who loves me and is going places and is about her own shit. And I don't have to do that with another person several other times. I could get all that in one and she's good at sex. Okay, let's lock it down. To me, that makes sense. But I'm lazy. If I like you, let's just chill. Let's just be here. If I like you, let's just lock this down after the first or second date. And when I say lock it down, I don't mean that like we're getting married. No, I just mean let's you and I have sex until the shit don't work out anymore. Until you decide that my chewing's annoying, until I decide your feet stink or you're an asshole, right? Like we can do this for, I'm not even asking for forever. We can work towards forever. I just want someone to have sex with and watch anime with and joke around with. It's all I want. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. And it's, it, it could all be so simple, but these dudes really rather make it hard. And I'm, I'm tired. I shouldn't be this tired at 27. I ain't even 30 and I'm tired. Shouldn't be this tired. Nah, they make it tiring and like people can't I just hate when guys are like but girls do this no it's not the same it's not the same because I know girls aren't doing this shit to y'all I just know it's not I'm trying to think of some of the examples of but girls do this one guy that I went on a date with it was my worst date ever I've talked about it on this podcast I think um, but he talked about how a lot of girls will just use him for meals and go on one date with him and ghost him uh, uh. I was like well I did that I went on one date with him and, and ghosted him. 
I feel like you can kind of tell when a girl is like, but it, it might not even be that deep. It just could be like the girl thought you were cute. You went out and then you did some stupid shit on the date and then she wasn't into it. I mean, he like force kissed me and I had exactly. to Exactly. So he probably did some dumb shit and everyone goes to him and he's like, I just don't know why I'm perfect. And it's like, nah, you're I'm weird. Like, how, did, how did you not feel that I didn't like that? That's the thing. Guys just don't gauge. They're like, I thought it was going somewhere. It's like, sir, we didn't talk for like three weeks. I don't know how you thought also, that. Even if the date does go, I like like I like asking someone, you know, can I kiss you? Or like at least or if someone shows that inclination, like that's what they want, then you can do it. But just because we have one good date does not mean I want to kiss you. Exactly. Like this whole notion of like you have to kiss at the end of like, a hug date. me. I just met you. I don't I know just, where your mouth's been. Exactly. Like especially it's COVID. Unless we now. vibing off the vibes and we like staring deep into each other's eyes, then like all right, y'all. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah. All I'm right. I'm disappointed now. I know. Damn. This was like a low note to end it on, but we were speaking <laughs> straight facts. And for any male listeners, please DM us, email us, give us your perspective. Prove nah, us I wrong, I don't want to hear from bitch. you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually do. Want, I want to hear everyone's perspective. I want to hear. hear everyone's perspective. And like I said, prove us wrong. Fight me. Anyway. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. You can talk to us on all social media at so-called Oreos, and you can email us at so-called Oreos at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. You can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts, and we would love if you could rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.